There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. Nate, you've probably heard that the filmmaker Baz Luhrmann has a hit biopic about Elvis out. Oh, you mean friend of the show, Baz Luhrmann? Yes, I'm, uh, I'm familiar with his latest opus. Yeah, he was on our sunscreen episode. He has helped rejuvenate interest in Elvis Presley, whose streaming numbers are currently up by 2 million monthly listeners on Spotify, according to Chartmetric. And if you're hearing a lot more of Hound Dog... You ain't nothing but a hound dog, it's probably because you're hearing a lot more of this. Okay, that slaps. That's Doja Cat's cover titled Vegas. Not called Hound Dog, called Vegas. It's from the original motion picture soundtrack that updates Elvis's music for today. And yeah, it sounds a lot different though, obviously. Yeah, it's got that booming 808 bass. It's got some trap hi-hats. It's got a Doja Cat signature rap. We're a long way from the 1950s here. We are a long ways from the 50s, and people are really digging this Doja Cat version. It's performed very well. It has almost 100 million streams on Spotify. Damn. It's gone to number 31 on Billboard's Hot 100. Double damn. And listening to it, made me want to figure out how did an iconic song storied in the history of rock and roll morph into this modern hit? And to answer that question, we need to go back to the original Hound Dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. That would be the Big Mama Thornton recording that predated Elvis's cover, right? Yeah, exactly. I've always been told that Elvis stole Hound Dog. It's a part of the narrative of the original sin of rock and roll, the appropriation of a song from a Black artist who was not fairly compensated. And obviously, Elvis's overall legacy is part of that long history of white musicians extracting Black culture. And it's undeniably true that Big Mama Thornton, who performed the original song, received very little compensation due to an exploitative contract with her label. She sadly never saw riches from the song, and it took decades of ink spilled to get the cultural credit she deserved for her quintessential rock and roll performance. But when we listen closely to the music, the narrative of musical theft from Hound Dog specifically is just a bit more complicated than it seems. So let's listen to the original. So that's the undeniable voice of Willie May, Big Mama Thornton. She was born in Alabama in 1926. 
1951, she signs to a small and exploitative label called Peacock Records. She has a couple of failed singles. So in August 52, she gets into the studio with two young white Jewish songwriters, Mike Stoller and Jerry Lieber, who are brought in to write her a hit. Which I assume is Hound Dog. Yeah, exactly. And according to Stoller, the song's written in just about 15 minutes. (laughs) The best ones always are, Charles. (laughs) It's the story of a two-timing man with the slang metaphor calling him a hound dog. Big Mama Thornton's rendition saunters. It's a 12-bar blues. She sings with a real growl and rasp. Much bluesier sound with raunchy lyrics. Just totally over-delivers in her performance. And I love this call and response that she does in her improvisation. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when you listen to this recording, it it sounds like the way she would perform this live, right? She's like doing these ad-libs, these interjections. She's like egging on the musicians and the crowd. It's like you've stepped into a live performance with her and it it just pops out of the speakers all these decades later, like a shot of gin and vermouth. (laughs) Totally, man. And people felt similarly at the time. It was a hit. They released the song in February of 53. It reached number one on Billboard's R&B charts. It's really striking to listen to this big Mama Thornton recording if you're more familiar with the Elvis version of the song, because the groove on the big Mama Thornton version is like so much more kind of slinky and down low and in the <laughs> pocket and just kind of loping along. Whereas the Elvis is a little more like urgent. It's like, take it, take it. Oh, we got to We got to play this song. And like Big Mama Thornton is just like, nah, let's just take it. And it's just like, I got no, no place to be. I just got to like get some stuff off my mind about this POS dude that's been uh, sniffing around my door, you know? <laughs> I think that if you only hear these two versions, it's easy for you to say, hey, well, it looks like one is just a copy of the other. Elvis is just a sort of copy and hound dog watering down the lyrics because it is a song about a dog rather than about a guy with a euphemism of being a hound dog. Right. That's so funny. It's a literal dog now. I know. It's ridiculous. And the vibe of the song has totally changed. But in an interview with Rolling Stone just this month, the songwriter Stoller, who's still with us, one of the original songwriters of Hound Dog, Big Mama Thornton's version, he says that this was not stolen because he wasn't copying Big Mama Thornton. He was copying the copiers. Okay, walk me through that, Charles. Copying the the copiers? What's that about? Well, Big Mama Thornton's version of Hound Dog was so successful that it inspired many covers and spinoffs. For example, March 1953, Esther Phillips has a great cover of the song. Whoa, Esther. I know, I love that vocal. Very different kind of vibe, though, is Jack Turner's countryified version with Chet Atkins on guitar, also comes out in March 1953. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. It's 
it's almost like putting a different Instagram filter over this song. It's like, <laughs> here's the blues, here's the country, here's the rockabilly, same lyrics, same music, but wow, does it sound different. You say that these songs have the same lyrics. It turns out that at the time, it wasn't uncommon in R&B to have response songs. So in 1953, just two weeks after Big Mama Thornton releases Hound Dog, a DJ and singer, Rufus Thomas, cuts a record called Bearcat, flipping the gender and changing the entire vibe of the song. You ain't nothing but a bearcat. Been scratching at my door. You ain't nothing but a bearcat. Been scratching at my door. You can purr, pretty kitty, but I ain't gonna rub you no more. It makes me think of when TLC released No Scrubs. And then there was this response track from the male perspective called uh, No Pigeons. Oh, God. You ain't nothing but a scratching at my door. It's a tale as old as time. Yeah, it's the response song that nobody needed. Nonetheless, it was very successful. It also went up the charts, number three on the R&B charts. And it also gives us a bit of the inspiration that we hear, I think, in the Elvis. Oh, okay. So maybe this is where Elvis got the idea that he could change the lyrics of the original once he heard this Rufus Thomas flipped version. Close, but not quite. Oh, okay. Because actually... Elvis is covering a cover from another band called Freddie Bell and the Bell Boys. They were a Vegas lounge act known for making spoof songs. And in 1955, they whitewashed the song, sanitizing it of its risque lyrics and turn it into a song about a dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, a hound dog, crying all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, a hound dog, crying all the time. I mean, it's sanitized. It's about an actual dog now, but it swings, man. It's groovy. I dig it. I'm also kind of having a, a shining moment because if you watch the YouTube video of this, it's just a still image of Freddie Bell and the Bell Boys, and the pianist looks exactly like me. It's, it's a little unsettling. That's pretty funny. I wonder if Elvis felt the same thing when he walked in and saw them in Las Vegas. He's like, hey, Sloan, is that you? Because that's actually where he first bumped into them. He was playing in Vegas and he went to the live set of Freddie Bell and the Bell Boys, loved it. He starts to incorporate it into his own touring and he eventually releases his own version that has that same bass groove that I think you're really hooking on to. fascinating to hear all of these covers that existed before Elvis ever got to the song. This track had such a circuitous path to the iconic Elvis version we know today. Absolutely. Elvis is channeling Freddie Bell, channeling Rufus Thomas, <laughs> channeling Big Mama Thornton, and ends up on a version that has an updated vibe. It takes a small part of the bass rhythm from Big Mama Thornton, intensifies it and speeds it up. And it's that bass rhythm, which for me is the key to unlocking how we get to Doja Cat's modern rendition.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. So Elvis releases Hound Dog in 1956, and it's one of the greatest successes in music history. It sells more than 10 million copies. It tops the Hot 100 for 11 weeks, a record that Elvis holds until 1992 when Boys to Men beats him. <laughs> and the song is also finally a hit for Lieber and Stoller, the songwriters, because like Big Mama Thornton, they also had gotten screwed out of much of their publishing, and they finally recoup their credits properly when Elvis's recording comes out. And go on to become songwriting legends, working with everyone from the Drifters to the Coasters to Ben E. King. And Elvis himself. They write Jailhouse Rock, among many others. But I want to get back to Hound Dog. There's something about this song that really clicks with people. It's a shorter song than the original. It's got this rattling drum fill. An angelic backing vocal. got this rhythm that you can hear from the original Big Mama Thornton. But in Elvis's Hound Dog, it's emphasized upright and in your face. It just never relents. Nate, what would you call that rhythm? Well, Charles, I would reach down to the Crescent City of New Orleans, and I would probably call that a tresio rhythm, the kind of rhythm you would hear in a second-line marching band. A rhythm I would expect has its roots in Latin America and then migrated to the southern shores of the United States and then spread throughout the world, but I don't know. Maybe you can enlighten me. Yeah, that's pretty spot on. It's an African rhythm that goes by many names today. It's part of the clave, known as the habanero rhythm. But yes, we will call it the tresio. It was spread around the Caribbean. It was popularized in the 19th century as part of a Spanish-American dance called the contradanza. And it was particularly popular in Cuba. You can hear it as early as 1803. Yeah, it's a little quicker there, but you can hear it. 
Nate, are we going to start an acapella group now? I think we should, Charlie. <laughs> well, that rhythm that is inspiring you right now has inspired so many genres. It inspires ragtime, congo, tango, mambo, rumba. You can hear it in so many places. And of course, at Mardi Gras, as you pointed out, in New Orleans, it becomes a thing. You can hear it in the 1914 track St. Louis Blues by W.C. Handy. This rhythm just spreads and spreads. In 1940, Duke Ellington uses it in Conga Brava. One of the earliest proto-rock and roll artists, Sister Rosetta Tharp, uses it in Didn't It Rain in 1948. You can hear it on Dave Bartholomew's Country Boy from 1953. <laughs> really getting that vibe. B.B. King picks it up on his 1953 track, Woke Up This Morning. We have to mention Fats Domino, one of the inventors of rock and roll. His song, Mardi Gras in New Orleans, from 1953. That rhythm's all over it. Well, I'm going to New Orleans. I'm going to see the Mardi Gras. And released just before Elvis's version of Hound Dog, Lil Richard's Slippin' and Slidin' from 1956. So when we hear Hound Dog from Elvis via Freddie Bell via Rufus Thomas via Big Mama <laughs> Thornton, we're hearing a well-established rhythm that's been around for a long time. But it's Elvis's interpretation of this vibe that becomes a Billboard Hot 100 number one hit. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Nate, when you hear that sound today, what radio format do you associate it with? Golden oldies. Golden oldies. Yes, exactly. It feels overplayed. That rhythm became totally overplayed. And then I realized, actually, maybe it's the most contemporary sound because it's still everywhere. Hmm. This rhythm remains extremely popular. In fact, the tricio, bum, bum, bum. In fact, it's one of the most dominant rhythms in contemporary pop, hip hop, and Latin music. I just went and checked out songs that are performing well this year on the charts, mm-hmm. and it's everywhere. Check out Young Gravy's Betty Get Money. <laughs> What? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. You thought I rickrolled you there. I had a moment, but then that Tracio dropped and I was like, okay, we'll let this go. Yeah, you can hear it. It's that heavy bass line. You can hear the exact same kind of vibe on Jack Harlow's Dua Lipa. I catch a groove like, uh-uh, Dua Lipa. I'm trying to do more with her than do a feature. It's on Hit Kid and Glorilla's FNF Let's Go. 
It's on Futures puffing on Zooties. That's cool because in the future baseline, we're actually hearing kind of an extended tresio with an additional two beats. Bum, 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 which technically turns it into a clave rhythm. Yeah. Another ubiquitous rhythm of the Afro-Latin diaspora. Speaking of which, we should probably also hear some Bad Bunny. It's all over his latest record. It's fast It's sending us into another genre entirely, into the world of merengue. But we're all connected through that Tresillo rhythm, and it is the thing that's going to bring us back to Doja Cat's Vegas. A lot of people are hearing Doja Cat's Vegas as a reclamation of the original Big Mama Thornton, and they should. The song is an interpolated sample with vocals performed by the late Shanka Dukare, who plays Big Mama Thornton in the film. So while Doja Cat may sound like a modern trap beat with a blues chord progression, it also feels deeply connected to the original Hound Dog. And from the very start of Vegas, we also hear that Tracio rhythm. So Vegas may actually be the synthesis of the more popular version by Elvis and the original performed by Big Mama Thornton, an homage to two songs that will stay stuck on you. I like that, Chuck, because next time I hear this Doja Cat Vegas track, I'm going to be thinking about how it's not just this song. It's not just this sample of Big Mama Thornton. It's not just this reference to Elvis. It's also all the layers of everything in between and even going back to the 19th century Tresio rhythm. The song is like a wormhole through multiple musical dimensions. And I feel like I can hear that clearly now. Thanks for traveling down that wormhole with me. It's been fun. Switched on Pop is produced by Rihanna Cruz, edited by Jolie Myers, engineered by Brandon McFarlane, community management by Abby Barr, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb. Our executive producers are Hannah Rosen and Ashok Kerwa, a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. Check out more episodes of our show anywhere you get podcasts or our website, switchedonpop.com. And hit us up on the Twitter, on the Instagram, at switchedonpop, and tell us what your favorite song from the Elvis soundtrack is. Tune in next week when Rihanna brings us an episode about Demi Lovato's reintroduction into the world of pop punk. It's going to be a lot of fun. And until then, thanks thanks for for listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.